1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the most popular weekend show there is, especially when you have Ray Lance giving you all kinds of great information about protecting your family, protecting your money. Folks, there's no better show around than with Ray Lance. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock by USA Wealth Group. As a quick reminder, we're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. We also have offices and other locations we meet on the South Shore, over in Marshfield, on Yarmouth, on Cape Cod, and other places where people need to meet us, we're happy to meet, mm-hmm. especially if you can't get out of the house. But you can reach us at 508-998-8858. So I'd like to begin this morning, ladies and gentlemen, by asking Phil a couple of questions. Phil, have you ever jumped out of a plane with a parachute? No. Well, have you ever jumped out of a plane without a parachute? <laughs> no. No. Um, have you ever done bungee jumping? No. <laughs> I considered it once and decided that it really was not my cup of tea. No. So our topic today is going to be called Bungee jumping your way through life, especially with estate planning. Ooh. And we'd like to say good morning to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Tenny, have you ever jumped out of a plane with a parachute? No. Have you ever done bungee jumping? <laughs> no, but we were in New Zealand once, and they were offering it, and I almost did it. I wasn't quite that brave. And I don't think I could do that. It's not something no. I'd care to do. I don't mind heights. I mean, I'm not crazy about heights, but I don't like looking over things like bridges and so forth. It gives you this queasy feeling in your stomach. You know that yeah. feeling, that sensation? And then you, re- you recoil. Then you <laughs> grip a little tighter on the edge of the railing. But no, I don't, I don't have any interest in doing bungee jumping. But it's the same sort of reaction you get when you realize you haven't made an estate plan. Well, exactly. And that's what we're talking about this morning. <laughs> Have you heard of the singer Nora Jones? She's oh, one of my favorites. Nora. I love her voice. Great jazz. So Nora Jones said, I'm not planning to jump off a bridge with no bungee. <laughs> but if you are going to jump off a bridge, you certainly want a bungee. And if you're going to jump out of a plane, you certainly want a parachute. And if you're planning to go through life, you certainly ought to have an estate plan. Right, Tenny? Absolutely. So that's the significance. We're not going to bring the bungee jumping analogy any further than that. But, you know, if you don't have a proper estate plan done, if you haven't done proper estate planning, if you haven't done proper financial planning, it is a little bit like jumping out of a plane with no parachute. It is a, it's risky. Yep. So we don't want people yep. to engage in risky behavior, especially when it comes to your family mm-hmm. and when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your money. And that's what planning is all about. Here's another quotation from somebody named Eugene Levy. I don't know who he is. But I've never really done anything that implies any kind of danger. I wouldn't skydive. I wouldn't deep sea dive. I wouldn't parachute. I think you're really just rolling the dice. Who packed your chute the night before? (laughs) So maybe that should be the topic of today, Tenny. Who packed your chute Mm -hmm. when it comes to estate planning? 
So we are going to talk today about some top mistakes that people make when it comes to estate planning or when it comes to financial planning. And we're also going to talk about some top tips that you can do. So there are mistakes, but then there are things that you can do to not make mistakes. I also want to give some uh, useful information as we go along this morning. Uh, maybe we'll do this right after the break. There's some fairly recent information out of the Social Security Administration about what you need to do if you want to find out what's in your account. They've changed the procedure for doing that. Okay. So we're going to announce that right after the break. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention for uh, folks who are listening in the Fall River area especially or in the Somerset area, um, or even in this area, if you have interest in attending uh, one of the seminars, the many seminars that, Tenny, you do, and you haven't had a chance to do it around here, there's an opportunity coming up in uh, Somerset. And why don't you describe that a little bit, Tenny? Well, we were asked by the Congregation Christian Church of Somerset to do a seminar for their congregation, and it's actually open to the public. And so it is scheduled for Saturday, September 10th at 10 o'clock in the morning at the church in Somerset. That's 1411 County Street, Somerset, Mass. And is that open to the public, Jenny? Mm -hmm. It absolutely is. The one thing we would ask that you do is just call us and let us know if you are coming so we will be certain that we have enough seats. So if somebody is interested in going to this program on uh, Saturday, September 10th um, in Somerset, Congregation uh, Christian Church, um, what number would they call and how would they make a reservation? They should call either 508-998. 8800 or 800-406-0100. Well, let's come back to our topic of estate planning and estate planning mistakes. And if you don't do proper estate planning, it's a little bit like swimming naked, isn't it, Tony? Uh, <laughs> maybe. I can think of other analogies. (laughs) Well, Warren Buffett once said, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. That was Warren Buffett who wrote that. But the implication of that sentence is really clear. You don't want to be, well, I guess the old phrase is you don't want to be caught with your pants down. Yep. And you want to have the same attitude when it comes to estate planning, don't you? You want to be prepared for certain things in life, like making sure your bathing suit's properly tied. But you want to make sure that – I'm getting this really funny look. <laughs> but you want to make sure that you're prepared uh, with your estate planning, with your financial plan also. So, Tenny, let's talk about some of the mistakes that people might make in estate planning. What's the number one mistake, would you say? Well, um, the surveys that have been done say that the number one issue is procrastination. People say, gosh, this isn't a very fun thing to do. I think I will just put it off until tomorrow or maybe next week or maybe next year. Mm-hmm. And um, what happens when you do procrastination, I guess, is that if you put off until tomorrow what you don't feel like doing today, then tomorrow comes and you're going to do exactly the same thing, which is nothing. But um, I think a lot of people procrastinate in general, and I wonder why that is. I guess it's because of you know fear of dying is one thing, I suppose. 
Yes, it, it isn't a fun thing to talk about where you want to leave your resources after you're gone, uh, but it's an important thing to do. Um, nobody really likes to think about their own death, but it's important to plan for that possibility, likelihood, eventuality. So what percentage of people do you think in this country have done proper estate planning or done wills even? The surveys we've seen is that probably only one-third of the population has done any kind of estate planning, whether it be wills or trusts. All right, so if procrastination is the number one problem, what do people need, need to do? Should they go to a seminar? Should they just call the office, make an appointment? Either one of those. The seminars are very helpful because it gives people an idea of what we're talking about. Many people are confused about what is a will and what does it do? Why is there some court we hear about called probate court? Um, what should we do about all of this? So the seminars give a lot of basic information to people. So I know that one of the supporters of the organization that you belong to um, is Susie Ormond. Does she have any interesting things to say about estate planning? Well, Susie Ormond actually recommends to people that if they're going to see an estate planning attorney, that attorney should be a member of the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, which we are. And what she has said is that estate planning is an important and everlasting gift you can give your family, important word, it's a gift. And setting up a smooth inheritance isn't as hard as you might think. So the number one um, tip then, I guess, following the number one problem, which is procrastination, is to take some action, do something, right? Yes, and as I said before, our seminars actually provide people with some information that avoids the confusion that people hear. Um, you know, there, there may be information on the Internet about estate planning. They may have read some things in the newspaper. They may have been told by somebody down the street how to do this or that. But the seminar gives good, basic information about what's important to get done. All right, so I guess one of the repercussions of not doing estate planning is that if you have assets in your own name and you haven't done planning, what happens? Well, uh one of two things, either you are said to die intestate because you have no document in place at all, or you may die testate with a very simple will, but in either case, your um, estate is going to go through the probate court system. Okay, and why is that a problem? I wouldn't call it a problem as much as a, I would call it uh, an expense, a time consumption, because probate can be expensive, and it takes up to a year to get through that process. So I guess the message really should be, take some action. You want to avoid probate, because probate is going to be both inconvenient and expensive for your family. Now, what if you have uh, say, larger size assets, what would be another mistake that uh, people might make? Well, I don't think a lot of people in Massachusetts realize that if their estate is worth more than a million dollars, they have what's called a taxable estate in Massachusetts, and that means estate taxes. So um, failing to plan for that can mean that your family, after you're gone, 
gets the unpleasant task of paying estate taxes. So what is the Massachusetts exemption again? The exemption for each person is $1 million. There's also, of course, a federal estate tax, but that exemption is very high. It's $5.4 million. So most of us here worry about the Massachusetts estate tax. And I might go on to say that a couple of years ago, not very many people worried about this because we were in a uh, depression or a recession, and values on properties and values on things like stock accounts were down. So nobody really thought they had an estate of more than a million dollars. But more and more lately, with the stock market having come back and the real estate market having come back, we find that people, in fact, have estates worth more than a million dollars now. And what what constitutes your estate? What things are counted in the value of that one million dollars? Again, there's confusion about this generally, but everything counts. That means your life insurance policies, your retirement accounts, your personal property if it's exceptionally valuable, um, your stock accounts, your bank accounts, your real estate, all of those things. All right. So I guess it's fairly easy then for people to have a larger estate without realizing that they actually do. Yes. When when we meet with people in the office, the first thing we do is to sit down with what is called the client intake form that people bring in, having filled it out for us. And we review everything on that form, and we add all the assets up. And I say to people, did you realize that you have an estate that's worth more than a million dollars? And usually they say, no. All right, so it's, it's fairly significant, but if you have a husband or wife, let's say, or a married couple of, of any gender, um, can they protect more than a million dollars if they have a larger estate between them? Yes, the law allows with a particular document called a living trust that each one of the couples, the, the husband and the wife, can each protect their $1 million exemption, which otherwise gets lost if the uh, couple does not do planning with a living trust. All right. And I'd like to remind everyone listening once again that on Saturday, September 10th, mark your calendar, uh, Tenney and attorney Mike Coleman are going to be doing a seminar at the Congregation Christian Church of Somerset. It's at 1411 County Street in Somerset. It's uh, from 10 to 11.30. It's not a, a huge amount of time if you can get up on a Saturday morning. So if somebody uh, listening from the southeastern Mass area is interested in attending this seminar, Saturday, September 10th, what do they have to do to register, Tenny? They simply need to uh, call our office at 508-998-8800, or they may register online at lancelawinc.com, or they can email at info at Lance Law. And again, what we just want to do is make sure that we have enough seats, enough materials, and so forth. And by the way, while we're talking about this particular seminar, I might say that if anyone listening out there is a member of a group that is looking for a speaker, we're happy to do these kinds of events. The Congregation Christian Church called us, asked us if we would do this seminar, and we were happy to do it. Good point. Very good point. Um, Tenny, do you ever make any mistakes in life? 
uh-huh. regularly. Don't, don't talk about marriage. Just do you ever make any <laughs> mistakes in life? <laughs> oh, too often. We all do. Yeah, how about you, Phil? Have you ever made any mistakes in life? You don't have to identify what they are. Can you see my face? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think probably the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to estate planning is simply to do nothing or not get enough information. So this is an excellent opportunity if you want to learn without any obligation right. to sit down and find out about it. Now, I'm going to give you a little quiz, mm-hmm. Phil. I'm ready. Tenney. And ladies and gentlemen listening, this is a quotation by somebody who had something to say about mistakes. And it's a very famous person. And I want to see if you can figure out who it is. If you live long enough, you'll make mistakes. But if you learn from them, you'll be a better person. It's how you handle adversity, not how it affects you. The main thing is never quit, never quit, never quit. So what former Hmm. president might have made this kind of a statement? Well, I was thinking of Winston Churchill, and then I went to Ben Franklin. But you said it's a president? Former president who's still living. A former president. I would say Bill Clinton. William J. Clinton. (laughs) William Jefferson Clinton. (laughs) If you live long enough, you'll make mistakes, but if you learn from them, you'll be a better person. It's how you handle adversity, not how it affects you. The main thing is never quit, never quit, never quit. My high school alumni. Really? 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 I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Here, let me touch you. my, my, (laughs) My class was the last high school class at Hot Springs High School in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Before they changed high schools to the mm-hmm. new school, and since then they've made the old high school that we attended a uh, you know a a site for uh, tourists to come by, and uh, it's all part of the uh, foundation oh, of the library, presidential library. Yes. Oh, yeah. well, that's interesting. interesting. I didn't know that, Phil. Huh. So when we're done here today, seriously, I want to touch you. <laughs> <laughs> You've, you've been blessed. Here's there we hands. go. That's there, there we go. A lot of my school mates actually worked on his uh, gubernatorial campaign and then on to uh, his uh, presidential campaign. A lot of my uh, classmates. Sure. I'll be done. Mm. I, yeah. I actually didn't know that you came from there. Originally. Hot Springs. Mm. Little known fun facts about Phil. Nice community. <laughs> it is. It's a beautiful community. As he's talking about hot springs, you should see what his eyebrows are doing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been there, by the way? No, I've never been to Arkansas, period. It's one of the few states I've never been into. It's a national park, and it's known for its thermal waters. Oh, really? I didn't sure. know that. I guess that's why I guess its name. And uh, teams would go down there, and you'd get into the uh, these little baths, and the hot water from uh, you know down below comes up, and it's therapeutic, and it's wonderful. Hmm. Still to this day, it's huh. fabulous. Well, I'll be I wonder damned. if Warren Buffett went there with his quotation about when the tide goes out, you can see who's swimming naked. <laughs> I don't know. Let's come back to talking about some other mistakes that sometimes people will make when it comes to estate planning, Tony. What else would you possibly suggest? Well, one thing that people need to do constantly is to keep their estate plan in mind and have it reviewed every once in a while because things change. 
We happen to see a lot of folk in our office who have not done their trusts or their wills since the 90s, maybe, or the early 2000s. Well, a lot of laws have changed since then. So we notify our clients and ask them to come in, tell us whether anything in there family has changed. Maybe a child got divorced. Maybe many grandchildren were born. All of these can impact your estate plan. I guess one example you just gave is the fact that uh, when the federal estate tax changed and the exemptions went higher, Massachusetts didn't. Massachusetts stayed the same. And again, a lot of people don't realize that, I suppose. Or what happens if somebody has done a will early in life and they've never reviewed it, but then other changes could happen in their life, I suppose. Well, they could have um, obtained an inheritance from a family member or from a friend and increased the value of their estate significantly. So their estate isn't really pertinent to be administered the way they originally put it. Well, what happens if one of their proposed beneficiaries dies, for example? That might require a change, I suppose. Well, yes, most people want to make sure what in their estate plan what would happen if a beneficiary died, and that can all be included properly in the right paperwork. So we're talking with Attorney Tenny Lance from uh, Lance Law, Inc. Um, give us your address, Tenny, and your phone number. We are at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, across from Vanity Fair, and our phone number is 508 508- Nine nine eight 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 zero zero. And what happens in this state, in the state of Massachusetts, if somebody gets divorced? What happens to any will or estate plan that they've done? Well, it it becomes um, uh, it's voided effectively. Okay. Um, and so, if you are a divorced person, you need to do a new will to uh, make certain that the assets that you retained out of that divorce are properly distributed after you're gone. So the message here clearly is what you're saying is periodically people need to take a look at the old will they might have done and review it, have it reviewed, and potentially update it. What if there's uh, younger children in a family? Um, is, Is it a problem if assets are left to young kids? Well, obviously children aren't able to manage assets. And so what happens if uh, a child inherits is that somebody needs to go to the probate court to be appointed the guardian and the conservator over that child and those assets. So it's a process that can be totally avoided if you have the right paperwork in place. So the message here is review and make changes if you need to make changes. And don't make the mistake of not making changes so, uh, Phil, did you ever hear of Tallulah Bankhead? Do you go back that far in history? I do. <laughs> and Sally Rand, too. Yes. <laughs> Famous actresses. And uh, Tallulah Bankhead once said, if I had to live my life again, I'd make the same mistakes, only sooner. Only sooner. <laughs> <laughs> and how often have we made that kind of a comment? I, oh, wished, I wished I knew now what I had known 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and how life would be different. She well, was wonderful. What a great voice she had. <laughs> yeah, Tulula Bankhead. She did it. She had a voice like Phil. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> very melodic. Yeah. Oh, very beautiful. Uh, well, uh, Dale Carnegie, of course, everybody's heard of, also said 
the successful man will profit from his mistakes and try again in a different way. So if you've made a mistake in the past, if you haven't done uh, proper estate planning or if you haven't done proper financial planning for that matter, then it's not too late, but you need to take some action to do something. Now, talk about some other things that might be uh, useful, Tenny, that would, where people might make a mistake or a mistake by omission. Well, one interesting thing that has come up over the last couple of years is that people go online and or use legal Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to talk about that uh, after we come back because using those documents can really get you into some difficulty. That's the do-it-yourself syndrome. So let me ask this question. Do you diagnose your own illness? If you think you have a problem, do you try to look it up on the Internet and figure out what your issue is? No, I have Dr. Celeste at home to do the diagnosis (laughs) for me. (laughs) (laughs) She's good at it, too. There's a lot of people, including our daughter, who thinks that she can look things up on the Internet and look in a little medical book and figure out what's wrong with her. Right. Gosh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't repair my own car. I don't want to diagnose my own illness and injury, and I don't want to do my own documents when it comes to estate planning. Mm -hmm. When we come back, I promised you I'm going to give you some special information about a new Social Security uh, piece of information you need to know. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're talking about protecting your life without doing bungee jumping. We'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening every Sunday morning. This show every week is brought to you by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, right off uh, exit 12 on uh, 195. Our phone number is 508-998-8858. And our website is usawealthgroup.com. So we invite you to visit. Tenny will be doing a seminar coming up shortly. We're here talking this morning with attorney Tenny Lance. We're talking about jumping out of a plane without a parachute. We're talking about jumping off a bridge without a bungee cord. We're talking about mistakes that people make in estate planning or not doing estate planning. And you're going to be talking about this in a little bit more detail on Saturday, September 10th. Why don't you tell everybody about that, Tenny? Yes, at 10 o'clock in the morning, my associate Michael Coleman and I will be at the Congregation Christian Church of Somerset, 1411 County Street in Somerset, and it's open to the public for anyone who would like to come in and learn about what's a will and how does it differ from a trust, how do you do nursing home protection, all those sorts of things we will talk about um, at that time, including Medicaid protection. And Medicaid protection is what exactly? When you're, you or a family member is in a nursing home and you want to have Medicaid assistance, is that what that topic is? Yes. When you need long-term care, either in a facility or at home, Medicaid is often a program that people need to help pay for that. So, and it's, a, it's an, a difficult program. So will you also be talking about some things that people could do if their concern is how to protect assets from nursing home costs? Yes, the second part of the seminar goes into some detail about that. All right, and if somebody would like to attend that seminar on Saturday, September 10th, 10 o'clock in the morning in Somerset, how do they make a reservation? Please call our office at 508-998-8800 
or you can register online at Lance, that's L-A-N-T-Z, Law, Inc., dot com, or you can email us at info at lancelawinc.com. And I, I know that you do prefer to have people register so you can plan properly. Yes, because we um, do have a lot of informational material that we pass out, we want to be certain that we have enough of that. Well, I promised you that right after the break I was going to give you some uh, recent information about Social Security that I think is important. First of all, if you don't know, you can go online on the computer and check out your Social Security account. And it's real simple. It's socialsecurity.gov, G-O-V. And uh, I always encourage everyone to do that because if you haven't started collecting Social Security yet, you want to make sure that your record is correct, the record of your earnings. Uh, We have had a number of instances when people have gone online to check it and found out that the Social Security information is not accurate. I had one gentleman, for example, who had been in the Air Force for four years had paid into Social Security, and they didn't have a record. Now, that's easily fixable. You can correct that fairly easily. What we did with him is I said, get a copy of your discharge form, your DD-214 form, bring it into Social Security, they'll make a copy, and they'll correct your record. Mm -hmm. And that simple thing that he did was enough to allow him to collect Social Security because without those particular quarters, four years in the Air Force, he didn't have enough quarters of having paid into Social Security. And you have to pay in 40 quarters, which is 10 years of paying into Social Security, to collect anything in the first place. He didn't have enough quarters, but the Social Security, uh, once they had the missing information about his Air Force history, he had enough quarters to collect a Social Security check. So socialsecurity.gov is real important. So here's what happens uh, this year. On July 30, 2016, it's now a requirement that when you sign into your Social Security account, and you should have your own Social Security account, they're going to send you a one-time text message uh, to give you a special code. And it's another layer of um, authentication to make sure you are who you say you are and that somebody else is not looking at your Social Security account. So this is for your protection, but effective just a few weeks ago, now there's a new step for safeguarding your privacy and your information. So if you want information about that and you have confusion, we have a one-page uh, email that we can send you. Uh, just get in touch with our office at 508-998-8858. We can email this to you. We can mail it to you. Um, and you ought to have that information. So, Tenny, let's come back, and we're talking about some uh, Mistakes that people make when it comes to estate planning. We're talking with attorney Tenny Lance. And you had something you wanted to talk about just before the break. Well, we were talking about um, the confusion that occurs when people try to use something called legal Zoom because you sort of don't know what choices to make in order to make documents accurate. So in this case, there was a client in Massachusetts and a child elsewhere, I don't know exactly where in the United States, but he decided to use LegalZoom to create a durable power of attorney for his mother. And he had her sign that. And um, he needed to get access, because she was in a nursing facility, to her accounts. And he tried to use this document with a major national bank. And they totally rejected it. They said, 
Um, we don't understand how this document is put together. We're not going to make, make use of it. We're not going to allow you to get access to that information. So they didn't recognize it as a valid document? Right. And it's causing no end of concern with the family because the mother now in a nursing facility obviously can't get to the bank. And uh, they I don't know how exactly they're going to end up getting access to this information. Well, I don't know about you, Phil, and I don't know about you, Tenny, and ladies and gentlemen. There's some things that I recognize that I can't do or shouldn't do. As I said, I don't try to diagnose my own illness. Mm -hmm. um, I can't look in a mirror and see through my chest for a chest x-ray yet. I don't have Superman vision. Mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to do that anyway. <laughs> but I don't fix my own car. I don't handle electrical repairs in my house because... Um, I recently pulled apart a plug switch thinking I could put a new switch on the wall, and I saw all these wires, and I said, I'm not going to touch this. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't want to burn my house down. Sure. <laughs> so there's some things that you just shouldn't try to do yourself. Uh, handle your own medical issues. Uh, I don't fix my own car. I don't do certain things I don't have the skills for. And the same thing is true when it comes to legal documents. Um, you shouldn't do it off of a computer. You shouldn't do it offline. Uh, you shouldn't do it with anybody other than a, a trusted professional like Tenny who knows what they're doing. It's that simple. On the other hand, there are things that you absolutely should do. I have another little story. Um, there is a family that we are working with, and they cannot find the documents that show what their parents' beneficiaries were for their IRAs. And so... Uh, they are going through major wars with a major bank about who is the beneficiary. Is it a is was it the man's beneficiary? His wife was it a trust? Was it his son's? They don't know, and no one can find out at this point. So, the moral of that story is always keep a copy of your beneficiary schedules and be able to prove that you sent them to whatever entity is holding your account. And by the way, I tell people that a lot. Um, if you can't put your hands on your IRA beneficiary forms, there's a real simple solution. You can do it or we can help you do it and at no charge. Uh, we simply find out where your money is being kept in your IRA account. We get a new beneficiary schedule and say, we're going to change the beneficiaries. And you put down exactly who you want. Just send it in again. Keep a copy for yourself this time for your records. Now you've got a copy and you can prove it. And... Um, I've told stories before, so I won't repeat that again about people that didn't do that, and they do it at their peril. And by the way, if you don't have any beneficiary at all designated, which is possible to do, it'll get paid to your state. Mm -hmm. And guess what? And the state has a one-year life for IRS purposes, so all the money has got to get paid out within a one-year period to your beneficiary. And that means they can't do something called a stretch IRA. Anyway, there's lots of things that you can do, and we like to see people not take risks about things, especially when it comes to the insurance on your house. You don't want to make sure you're, you want to make sure you have insurance on your car. You want to make sure you have your legal documents in place, don't you, Tenny? That's that's critically important, and a lot of people unfortunately don't. Warren Buffett once said, "Risk comes from not knowing what you're doing." Mm. And so if you don't know what you're doing about your own estate plan, talk to somebody who knows what they're sure. doing. And um, 
I was going to give you another quotation, but I think you've already done that, Tenny. <laughs> so what I'd like to say next is I want to digress just slightly and talk about investment risk and investment money and uh, a very slight digression mm-hmm. because I want to tell you quickly about something called the Rule of 72. And the Rule of 72 tells you how long it takes at certain rates of interest for you to be able to double your money. So when we talk about risk or we talk about investment risk, let me talk to you about money in the bank right now. So we think of money as being safe in the bank, and it is, and at some point we'll talk about the FDIC and what they can do and what they can't do. But let's say you have money in the bank, Phil. This is a quiz for you. Okay. And it's making 1% interest. Mm -hmm. I wonder how long you might think it would take for your money to double if you're making 1% interest in the bank. Oh, my gosh. 1%. Just a guess. 1% interest. Um, I would say 99, no, 999 years. <laughs> well, close, but no cigar, oh. as we used to say. No, if you have money in the, in the bank and it's making 1% interest, which it's not even paying right now, it will take 72 years oh. before your money doubles. This is the rule of 72. So if you're getting a 1% return on your investment or bank account or whatever it happens to be, it will be 72 years before it doubles. Really? And I'm going to give you some other quick rules. If um, there's a mathematical formula, which I'm not going to give over the air, it's a little bit complicated, but not terribly bad. But you can, you can estimate this, ladies and gentlemen, by um, take the number two, number 72 and divide it by eight, um, and it's going to give you comparable results. Um, so let me tell you that I want to send you some information on the Rule of 72, but I'm going to give you a real quick thing. If you're getting 7% return on your money, it's going to double in approximately 10 years. And um, if you're getting a 2% return on your money, it's going to take you probably closer to 18 years to double. But 1% is going to take you 72 years. So the bottom line is, Um, You want to make sure when you're investing that you look at the rule of 72, but you also look at some things that might do better for you. Uh, Things such as indexed accounts, for example, have been doing very well. Uh, I want to mention this once because I did go to the trouble to bring some papers with me today. Um, I just need to put my hands on them. Well, it's important, I think, for the audience to know that um, one thing that that Ray can do is to compare the uh, information you have from your various investment sources and talk about ways that you can improve your investment picture. Uh, You can do things where you will get returns of 4 and 6 or more percent as opposed to keeping it in the bank and getting less than 1%. Yep, thanks for uh, picking up on that. Um, I brought with me, and I had this with me a couple of weeks ago when we did a show on inflation, and these were not hand-picked or cherry-picked. These were just the most recent half dozen or so people who had indexed annuity accounts where the index had reset, and typically these will reset like every two years. Mm -hmm. They're tied into something that's safe and secure like the S&P 500 index, which has a long, good history. Uh, and I want to read off to you very quickly some actual rates of return people had made um, with no particular comment other than that. 
5.42%, on another one, 6.91%, and I just met a couple of days ago literally with a gentleman who got 9.54% on a two-year reset on an indexed annuity. And that's on top of the initial bonuses they got when they put the money in. It can be a very powerful way to protect your money. And if you want more information, uh, give us a call, 508-998-8858. In this day and age, you need to do something to protect against the risk of inflation. And I think that people um, believe that they need to keep a lot of money in the bank for their retirement years just in case. Well, in fact, what happens is they are losing money by keeping money in the bank and can do much better with some of these other financial products that you talk with people about. Tony, I'd like to come back very briefly and talk about some of the risks of not doing proper planning. Um, Are there other family situations where you might need to be really concerned about uh, protection? Well, it's of particular interest and need that if you have anyone in your family who has special needs, and that is generally people who are either mentally or physically incapacitated in one way or another, and if they are receiving public benefits such as SSI or SSDI and Medicaid, It's critical that you make plans about how those folks may receive an inheritance from you. It needs to be handled in a very particular way so that those public benefits are not interrupted. Very important. Uh, And we're very pleased that we do this for folks in our office and we can make sure that the uh, special needs people don't have their benefits cut just because they happen to inherit. Well, sometimes special kids can have special needs, and that's important. What's the general age that you recommend for conveying assets over to a child? What do you think is a a good age for people to inherit assets and not have it just held in trust for them? Most people think that the age of 25 is the proper age. Um, Some people want to make that older because they realize that their child has not really matured um, during their 20s. But 25 is a good kind of standard. Okay. And what about in this day and age when we have lots of information that might be in somebody's computer, their cell phone, and they have all the passcodes, but typically, you know, I don't go out of my way to hide things uh, as far as, you know, my... my, um, codes to get into my email and stuff like that. Um, But do you have a problem sometimes if people don't know how to get into those kinds of accounts? Yes. Digital assets are very important to, um, uh, to protect, but also to allow somebody else that you trust to have access to. We had a very sad story where uh, a young man, very wealthy young man up in the Boston area, Uh, died suddenly, and his mother could not get access without going through this elaborate court process to his assets because she couldn't find out what his codes were. So everything was password protected, but only he knew his passwords. Exactly. So that's that's sort of a new area of planning then, isn't it? It's something that probably didn't create much of a problem five years or ten years ago, but today if you have online accounts and only you know your passwords... Um, you need to have some way of having that 
material put aside and protected so if something does happen to you, somebody can access your accounts. In your documents, whether it's a durable power of attorney for property or in your trust document or whatever, you want to have a power to the agent to give them the authority to access those digital assets and those passwords and those codes. Okay. Now let's switch for a second. Uh, actually, I'm going to just remind folks that you're listening to MoneyWise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. And I also want to remind you that uh, Saturday, September 10th, uh, Attorney Tenny Lance and Attorney Mike Coleman uh, together will be doing a seminar called How Wills, Trust, and Nursing Home Asset Protection Work. And Saturday, September 10th, 10 o'clock in the morning, that's going to be in Somerset at the Congregational Christian Church of Somerset, 1411 County Street. And if you'd like to think about attending that seminar and learn more about this and receive some information that can show you how to protect your family, uh, give them a call at 508-998-8800 and make a reservation. And that sounds like it will be fun. Are you serving refreshments or anything that morning, Tenny? Yes, we do. And the seminars are fun, and people come away from them saying, wow, I really learned a lot, and I didn't know what I thought I knew, and um, it, it was fun in the process. Mm-hmm. Well, so we invite people to attend that, and um, I won't be there, but um, Attorney Tenny Lance and Attorney Mike Coleman will be there. And if you want to know a little bit more about accounts that will protect your assets and protect you from inflation and give you better returns, let me tell you something that just came across my desk literally two days ago. Uh, It's from an August 16th uh, LIMRA study. LIMRA is a organization that uh, studies all kinds of retirement statistics and information. And they just published an annuity sales survey and said that fixed indexed annuity sales were 30% higher over this past year than they were the year before. So people are getting the message that fixed indexed annuities are a really interesting, good way to protect your assets and to have a better return. And they're shattering records. Um, And uh, just recently they were, uh, well, I mentioned the 30% figure. And partly that's attributable to the fact that interest rates in general across the economy are as low as they are. So this is a way to protect your principal, but also have higher returns. So just got that handed to me uh, two days ago, literally. Tenny, let's talk about um, some other aspects of people's financial life and legal life and protecting assets that they don't know much about, like life insurance. You find people make mistakes when it comes to protecting life insurance. Well, um, there are various aspects of life insurance that we should talk about and that we do talk about with clients when they come in. For example, if you have a large life insurance policy and a large estate that might otherwise be taxable, you can protect that life insurance policy by placing within an irrevocable life insurance trust that takes it out of your estate for estate tax purposes and passes it on directly to those that you want to have inherit it. And I think probably everybody knows that life insurance proceeds are income tax-free, 
but I bet a lot of people don't realize that it's part of your estate for estate tax purposes. Exactly. And again, as we talked about before, make certain that you can identify who are your beneficiaries under your life insurance policies so that that can be proved to the company if necessary. Well, I think the important message today is do the things that you can do and you are qualified to do. But if you don't have the skills and the knowledge to do your own estate plan, get professional advice. Give the folks at uh, Lance Law, Inc., for example, a call. Make an appointment to see them. Or even go to the seminar that you're going to learn more information. And why don't you just tell us about that one last time, Tenny? Saturday, September 10th, just a week away, I guess, a week and a half, um, at 10 o'clock in the morning at Congregation Christian Church of Somerset on County Street in Somerset. Absolutely free of charge. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> well, there are lots of things that we can do in life ourselves, and we all try to do in life those things that we can do. One thing that we should not do is things that are beyond our own personal area of competence and expertise. So from a financial point of view, think about perhaps doing an inflation-adjusted annuity, an indexed annuity. Those are things that will give you good results. And certainly see somebody who really knows their stuff when it comes to doing estate planning. And for goodness sake, stop procrastinating. (laughs) Just do it. We all do that, though. I mean, that's that's what we do. Act now. So take some time to get advice. Take some time to do some planning. And uh, one last time, if somebody wants to go to your seminar, Tenny, what number should they call? 508-998-8800. So take time to do planning, ladies and gentlemen. Protect your family, protect yourself, and we're here to help you. Give us a call. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Phil, for being so gracious. It's a pleasure. Thank you, and we'll see you next week, folks. 